Welcome to the Gregory House podcast. This is Why Gregory House by Pastor Amy Patton. All right. Well, we're going to walk through what Gregory House is, why it's even called Gregory House, and what the goals are. And then also we're going to walk through why Gregory House this year. Um, why now, and what do we need, and what's the hope for this year? And then we'll finish out with syllabus. So try not to go too down the rabbit trail of looking at the syllabus uh, yet, um, but it is in your um, folder. So did everyone get a folder? Great. So you can, uh, you'll have notes that you can then keep all together in this folder throughout the year. But first off, I do want to say greetings to all Gregory houses. So we're Gregory House South here. Um, But greetings to Gregory House North, which has uh, folks from Cross and Restoration and Redeemer. That's led by Canon Molly and Father Christian. Um, And then our newest Gregory House Wisconsin is Incarnation, which just launched yesterday, (laughs) or Sunday. So they have um, Father Chad is leading a group up there in Gregory House also. So welcome to them. Um, Welcome to us here in the cathedral. It looks different this year. Last year we were in the worship room, um, the Res Kids worship room, which I mean, I love that room, but, um, and we're smaller, and this year we have all of our staff and our associates, so welcome to our associates, all kind of grouped together, which is great. Um, and the associates, just in case you're wondering, because there's there's associates also in Wisconsin and Minnesota, so it's not just here. It's our pilot year of trying this out, um, which we do often here. Um, it's those who are deeply involved in ministry already, so it's not like you all haven't been serving. I mean, Neff, I can't even look at you without thinking of all the different places you've served at Res. <laughs> so um, you're already deeply involved in serving and just wanting to invest in you training and then also get you more connected uh, with our leaders. So, all right, I'll introduce myself. So. And many of you know who I am, but um, I'm Amy Patton, and now I'm the Gregory House Executive Director. Um, Like Steve, I spent a very short time teaching and decided that was terrible, and I didn't want to do that again because it was high school teaching. Um, And then came on staff as children's pastor in 2012. Um, And since then, have been discipleship pastor and executive pastor of staff, and now, yeah, Gregory House pastor, or Gregory House director. Um, And Ryan and I have four boys from eight to five months old tomorrow. Um, And, yeah, so we're very uh, busy, and it's very loud in our house, but there's also a lot of joy in the midst of all the yelling. Um, <laughs> mostly, mostly the kids yelling, mostly the kids. Um, all right, and we've lived, I've lived in Wheaton my whole life except for a very brief foray in Nashville, um, and Ryan's from Indiana, and a bunch of our family's from Wisconsin, so we just love the Midwest and love being here, um, and we think it's very beautiful and enjoy the weather, actually, so we're, <laughs> we're Midwesterners. Um, I'm going to introduce kind of Gregory House, so this is our and we're going to want to get this right. We started Gregory House in 2018, and it was a pilot year that Will was in. I don't know if anyone else was in the pilot year. I don't think so, but um, Will was part of that. Bishop Stewart had dreamed about it for years beforehand. It was part of his um, doctoral, you know, postgraduate work, um, and he was seeing this need as he was seeing people come out of seminary 
or people who are thinking about going to seminary, he was seeing the need for theology and leadership together in response to what he thought that um, people in seminary had received. They had received good theology, not necessarily within the Anglican tradition, of course. Um, they had received great preaching training, but they hadn't received a lot of practical leadership and ministry training. Um, and, and he wanted to think, okay, how can we train up people do they all have to go to seminary? Those coming from seminary, what do they need in addition? How can we train up leaders? And this was on his heart for a long time. Well, so then um, the diocese started to come together. So he had this vision for Gregory House even before the diocese existed. It was brewing and stewing and growing, you know, um, it was getting larger in his mind and his heart. Um, and then the diocese happened and the diocesan vision of planting a revival word and sacrament infused by the Holy Spirit came into being with other leaders and it became very clear to him okay how are we going to fulfill this vision we need this Gregory House school and it's time now to kind of bring that into fruition um, and so it's going to be the strategy behind how we do that how we accomplish that vision um, so I came alongside as that time as executive pastor of staff I saw the need for Gregory House really clearly as executive pastor of staff. Um, not only for the staff we already had, but even as I was trying to hire new staff roles, I mean, Steve can think of these different times, we had this sense of where are the laborers? We need more people to do the work of ministry in all different roles, from assistants and managers to pastors to church planters, we need laborers in all those areas, and how are they trained and brought up, and where are they coming from? Um, and so I felt that need um, very strongly, and so I also wanted to create, how do we have a place of discernment for people to discern for those who might not be exactly sure what it is that they want to be doing, or they might just not be ready yet um, to go on to eventual pastoral work that they'll be doing. And so that's the residency program is that place for discernment while well gained ministry experience. Um, all right, then, so this is our fourth year. Yes, okay, this is our fourth year. Um, and it's stayed consistent to the vision of training up in leadership and theology. Um, it's also our diocesan school, so even though you all don't get to see the other Gregory houses, especially with COVID, um, there's not a lot of cross mingling that we get to do with our other Gregory houses, but it is a diocesan school and it's something that unifies our diocese and that all of our leaders are getting this training. And then um, hopefully as we can, we get to connect with each other more and more through different events. Um, okay, and then this, as I mentioned, is the first year of expanding to staff and associates. So right off the bat, I'm going to ask for your grace and your flexibility and adaptability. We'll go through the syllabus later, but Things will change, and will change as we know we, uh, we might need to teach on a different topic, we might need to move a date. We will try not to move too much around on you, but just to expect a little wiggle room as we go along. So, okay. So do you all have notes from the, kind of starts here, the Y Gregory House uh, with the scriptures at the top there? All right. So this next part, the Y Gregory House, Y Gregory, Y House, um, really does come from Stuart, he named it and he developed it, but I wanna make sure we all know um, why it's called Gregory House. Um, let's start just by even reading, let's see. Okay, 
I'm going to just read 1 Peter 2.5. So you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so Stuart was thinking about the name for the ministry school. It wasn't called Gregory House. He thought of St. Gregory. And just to give you a little background, St. Gregory. St. Gregory lived in the 6th century, late 500s. He became pope in 590. Um, and he's considered one of the four Western doctors of the church. But this is venturing into John Clark's territory here. But this uh, Ambrose, Jerome, and of course Augustine. Um, and as pope, he sent out Augustine of Canterbury to go to England and to evangelize, which actually was re-evangelizing because... England had already had um, the Christianity in it, but it was re-evangelized under, um, under Gregory. And he therefore, he became the patron saint of England and established the Church of England, the Church in England, right? Um, but earlier in his life, he was from a wealthy family. He sold off all of his property and turned it into a monastery and then entered his own property, which I really liked this, entered his own property as just an ordinary monk. He wasn't the leader of this monastery. He just came in as a monk and lived in the monastic life for five years. Before then, he was called out into greater leadership out of that monastic retreat. And he was really influenced by the Benedictine rule. Um, and as he then came into leadership and grew and grew in leadership until he became the pope, um, he was seeing the need for how do our leaders live. We have some pretty good um, ideas, the, obviously, St. Benedictine's rule about how monks should live, but how are leaders living and how are they leading? And that's where he spent a lot of time thinking about that tension for leaders between internal and life of contemplation and prayer and external action. He writes about it a lot. He clearly thought about it and felt that tension, I think, pretty deeply himself. Um, and that brought him to even reflect more on the spiritual gifts. And if those gifts aren't being, this was one of his core convictions, if those spiritual gifts aren't being developed and used for others, we know because scripture tells us those gifts are not for ourselves, right? So then it's wasting those gifts um, and in essence, selfish is how he would come to see it. So he wanted to have a place and a resource which turned into, I've got the book here, his pastoral rule, um, a resource for how leaders should develop theologically and in leadership and what the qualifications are too. Um, just to note, this was written primarily for bishops and distributed to bishops. So Bishop Stewart received one on his um, ordination to bishop, his consecration. The, um, but it really does apply to all sorts of pastoral, pastoral ministry. So if you haven't read it, I think it's worth reading. It is, it's detailed, <laughs> as most early church writings are. <laughs> but it is really good, um, especially the first part with the qualifications um, for leaders. Okay. And so that's why, as Stuart's thinking about the ministry school, naming it after St. Gregory, because he was that both leader and theologian. And we want you to be equipped as leaders 
we are in a high, high leadership demand season. Um, and so you, all of you, no matter your role, need to know how to handle conflict and lead a meeting, whatever that meeting might be. There might be a few different kinds. Um, your own personal development, how we do, we'll look at the syllabus later, but even multi-ethnic ministry in this context, all of those things are leadership trainings. But then you also need to be really strong Christian biblical thinkers, um, and that's where the theology track led by Deacon John comes in. Okay, so that's why Gregory, why house? Well, I mean, Ephesians 2 states it really clearly. The work of the church is the work of the household. Church is often referred to as house. Um, we are being built up into a spiritual house. We're all members of the household of God. And the work of the church is, it is the work of the household, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Second, just pretty simply, it's a traditional term that Anglicans have used for a ministry school, for a ministry place of training. So an example is Neshota House up in Wisconsin. Um, it's just a typical Anglican term. Um, but if you think about the house, and the, I realize I feel like caveating this, I realize that not everyone comes from homes where what I'm going to say is true, and that we come from bro broken homes also. Um, and so I'm not trying to idealize the house either, because there's sin and repentance in all of our homes needed, repentance needed. Um, but the house is the place, ideally, as Jesus created it, to be the place where you're known and you're loved and you're trained in daily life. I have four boys, and I keep thinking every day, I tell myself, I am training them. I am training them to put away their clothes. I am training them to bring their dishes to the table. I am training them not to hit each other when they're mad. All those things um, that take daily training for children. Um, and parents have to train their children because they know that life ahead, once they're independent and out of the house, is hard. <laughs> and so the children desperately need the training they're going to get in the house. But it's also a very safe place to have that training and to fail. It's also really hard to hide in a house, if you all know. Um, the other night, I'll, I have lots of examples for my kids, obviously, because that's my everyday. Um, the other night, I was getting ready to go out with friends for the first time without a baby. It was very exciting. And it was like later at night, so the baby was good. And um, David, the two-year-old, like came and brought his chair like right next to me as I'm trying to get dressed and find some jewelry and like brush my hair. And I'm like, David, I'm getting ready. I got to go. I got to go, you know. And he just brings his little chair and through his pacifier is like, I'm by you, mama. I'm by you, mama. And I'm like, oh, buddy, okay, you can be by me. And then, of course, he's also, like, still trying to, like, get into my jewelry box and tug on me and do all those things. It wasn't just sweetness, but it, it, was, <laughs> it was just that they want to be by you. And there's so much closeness there. And I hope that our time in Gregory House, our place on staff, so no matter where that staff is within the diocese, that is a place of closeness and where there's safety and it's all right if you mess up at times. Um, and it's all right if you struggle with perfectionism at times. <laughs> it's all right to have all those struggles because we're in a safe home. Um, and so it's okay to make a house. Uh, it's okay to make a mistake, excuse me. And the other piece, too, uh, Gregory House really is, so it's training, but it's in close relationship, which I'm already getting at at the house, right? 
but it's not like you all just come here on Tuesdays. Even our associates who are going, you guys are going back into your work lives that don't have any of our other staff team on them, but you're still so integrated into the life of the church that you don't just come here like you might in a classroom, college, or seminary setting, and then go out again, and then see each other one time one week later. You all have to work with each other the whole rest of the week. You get to work with each other the rest of the week. You're in church with each other the rest of the week. Um, and so it's this training that's happening in close relationship, and that changes the dynamic from just being a classroom kind of training to really incarnational training. And that's our hope and goal is that this is incarnational, that you're doing the training while you're also doing ministry. Um, it's not just waiting and getting a bunch of training and then doing ministry in five more years later and hoping you remember back to it. Um, all right. Okay. So that was why Gregory, why house? And what is Gregory House? I think many of you know this because you are here already, but it is our Revival of Word and Sacrament Ministry School, and our vision for it is to raise up the next generation of leaders and artists that are ready for the work of planting a revival of Word and Sacrament infused by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's our diocesan school. Um, the goal is really to disciple and train four categories of people. So. First off, to train church planters. You know, we don't have a church planting resident here or in the diocese actually this um, season, but I have confidence that some of you at one day will be church planters, um, and some of you then will be called into the second group, which is our church plant team leaders and artists. So who are those who are being trained to go out with Chad Magnuson, to go out with Dr. Josh Moon up in Minnesota, and be the children's pastor, be the worship leader, the ministry director. Um, Caitlin Wallet up at Cross is a great example of this. She was a resident, she was with Will in the pilot year actually of Gregory House and was trained and worked in ministry and now she's the ministry director up at uh, Christ Church Madison with Father Scott. Okay, this is the biggest group, the current and future staff members. <laughs> this is this group. Um, we want to train our staff members, and we want to train those who become, they might not go on a, on a planting team, but they'll go out to fill different roles and minister within the diocese. So our beloved Mark Myers is now the worship pastor at City of Light Anglican, and he was here as a resident. Um, Allison, where's Allison? She's probably doing preparations and serving us even as we speak, right? Um, Allison is now our diocesan assistant, works for our diocese, and was here. Um, and so those are our future staff members. Of course, we want to train you all, our current staff members. Um, and then lastly, our global missionaries. Um, this just happened last year with Becca being in Gregory House and now going out to Africa um, for training. Um, obviously, Gregory House doesn't replace a missions organization or a sending agency, but it's really for our missionaries of how do they receive the word and sacrament training and the life and love of the church. How do they bring that love of the church and training the church to their missions field in that specific context? So the goal is that leaders and artists leave Gregory House, uh, prepare to impart that mission, the revival of word and sacrament, and our values, the five S values um, of our movement and all those different diverse ministry context I just said. Okay. And the three components of Gregory House this year, which is, looks a little bit different, but ministry experience. So obviously all of you who are on staff 
<laughs> ministry experience every day. That's what you're doing. It's your job. Um, for our residents who are in a specific areas, um, and then our associates who are already very connected within the church and in different teams of the church, um, you have the ministry experience piece. And like I mentioned, that's our kind of secret sauce to the whole thing is that you're in ministry. It's not independent of ministry. And then the seminar training, which is Tuesdays, which will be leadership led by various different leaders of the whole diocese. Um, and then our theology, which will be led by Canon, or Deacon John, excuse me. Um, and then events, again, this is, I just want to bring this up just to note kind of its absence, actually, <laughs> that typically we've had these great events with the house retreat and revive or fully alive and all these different events where Gregory House all of a sudden does feel diocesan because you get to see everyone else in the diocese um, and connect with people beyond your own staff setting. Those, because of COVID and obviously because of Stuart's absence, aren't happening in the same way. But I would say when they do happen with whatever form Revive would take or the house orientation retreat that would happen next um, August, to be to come to those as part of it and to really just enter fully into those events. So, okay. I'm gonna go into why Gregory House now, kind of finish up. Any questions so far? No. All right. Okay, so why Gregory House now? I think the big question, why are we doing Gregory House with Bishop Stewart on absence? And um, I had to really wrestle with that question. Um, I came back from maternity leave um, as Stuart was taking his temporary leave of absence. Um, and it was very disorienting, to say the least, um, and thinking, okay, why are we doing it now? Should we do it now? And I talked with a, a bunch of diocesan leaders, and then I just had to pray a lot about what Gregory House could look like. Um, and I'm going to answer that question in a few different ways. Um, but even just starting with the desire to do Gregory House this year started even before the crisis moment of the summer, started in the spring with Steve and Stuart and I getting together and saying, let's do Gregory House with the whole staff, and we want that for our whole staff and our associates. We want that to happen, to have this training. And just so you know, the rector's always the one who chooses what Gregory House kind of looks like and is shaped in their context and chooses who's in it. Um, and we want them to receive that ministry and that training, theology and leadership after a year of COVID, after 18 months of COVID. Um, we felt that need to strengthen and bolster. Well, that all happened, of course, before students' absence. And he's the leader of our diocese, of our vision, and Gregory House is a diocesan school. And so it just feels, I just want to be very clear, it feels very hard to do it without Stuart. Um, and I miss him and Catherine a lot. Um, and yet, just as that was all kind of settling, I felt just as strongly in these conversations with other leaders we need it because ministry continues and the work of ministry is too hard, especially in this time, to do without leadership and training. Why would we have you all do really hard ministry time and then not be equipping you to do that work? That would be crazy. <laughs> um, and so we felt that um, each of you is doing really hard ministry work in all of your different areas. Some of your workloads are so much higher 
than they would have been, or so much more confusing or so much more delicate than they would have been. And they're really hard. And so we need to be coming together on Tuesdays and having this training together. Um, obviously, we still are living in the reality of COVID and 18 months of COVID hard, where I think you guys, I mean, you had to redo almost every single area of ministry and really quickly, and then change it again because something changed with the guidelines or the law, and then change it again. And, you know, res kids was all different. Sunday mornings was all different. Res groups had to figure out if you all were going to meet online or not online and how much to let leaders decide or how much to not let leaders decide. I mean, the extra workload you all went through in the last 18 months was amazing. And you managed to keep the church unified and pastored and cared for and safe and all that. Um, and we still have COVID continuing. I'm thankful that's loosening up a little bit. I'm thankful we're going to have Rest Kids Midweek and other ministries. Um, but it's still continuing. We still have to be adaptive to that. Um, but then with the provincial investigation, Stewart's absence, that is just a whole different level of hard. Because it's not just extra work, which it is in times, but it's, it's just hard on our souls. It's hard spiritually and personally. I just want to share with you all, I haven't gotten a chance to share with you all some of this, but there was times like in the beginning where I felt like I was supposed to be chopping vegetables for dinner because apparently children still need to eat dinner no matter how hard your day was. <laughs> so I'm like trying to chop vegetables. Like, I got to get this dinner done. It's like 7 o'clock. I got to get dinner done. And I had such a hard time even chopping vegetables because I didn't know what to do next or think next or um, how to pray next in it. And it's different from even how it felt in, in July. Um, but it's still really hard spiritually, emotionally. And it's disorienting. Um, and so I just want to encourage, as much as that's saying this is hard, this is hard, this is hard. <laughs> I want to encourage you for um, receiving ministry training as an encouraging time in that midst. And I just I want to highlight Chad's ordination on Sunday and Deacon Will's ordination, of course, but Chad's ordination of going forward through Gregory House, through being a resident, and then even in the midst of Stuart's absence, which was so hard, to see Chad ordained and to see all those Wisconsin folks. I mean, there are so many Wisconsin folks here. Um, all of them here in the life of ministry, not just like continuing and plodding on, but actually in growing, flourishing, expanding. Um, and so I said it's a beautiful example of how ministry can keep going in this time and, and grow. Um, all right. I have two. I'm just going to wrap up with two hopes for you this Gregory House year. Um, these are the Second Timothy and the Hebrews scripture. I'm just going to read the Second Timothy scriptures. This is something I read Second Timothy every year around the launch of Gregory House and pray through it. Um, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Earlier in 2 Timothy, uh, the man of God is referred to as the worker. So we're equipping the workers for every good work. Um, some of you may know, but the original word equip is to fit out a ship. 
and I was thinking about you all coming in, and I think some of you might have time where your sails need patching, or you need more provisions, you're out of food on your ship, um, and hoping that you come into these times of training and worship and fellowship, and you get the provisions you need for that week to go back out again, that your ship gets fixed up a little bit. And because I'm really confident you're going to learn a lot. I, that is just a given. I have been on staff for almost 10 years, and every time I'm in one of the sessions, I learn a lot every time. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I think you all will learn loads in the theology and leadership sessions. Um, and I feel you encouraged and challenged by what you're learning, too. Um, and also just that prayer. I'm praying that's equipped for every good work, that no matter your role, you're equipped for that specific work you've been called to in this season this year. And my second hope, kind of the image that kept coming up to me as I was praying and getting ready for Gregory House was that image of the anchor. And um, well, I'll just read Hebrews 6 first, and then I'll talk about it. But, so we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Love that. An anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Okay, so this image of the anchor kept coming to me, um, and often I think of an anchor as like what you just drop down next to you so your ship doesn't blow too far away while you're doing your fishing, and then like a storm comes and you don't get totally lost. Um, but then the other way, actually, I think like fits better with this first, the other way of the anchor is that you would place it really close to the shore to start off with, and then you could then go like out of the harbor and into the other areas, and you know you'd be coming back. You could get your way back into the safe harbor. Um, and so thinking about that, thinking about these Tuesdays as an anchor in our hope in Jesus, um, an anchor of training and fellowship and worship together, that then you can go out from and do the rest of your ministry work and then come back again. Um, and I want to encourage you to, I think some of you will come into a Tuesday and you've just had like a great ministry week or Sunday was amazing and you are like ready to go. I think others of you will come in and you just had a really hard week and your family life's maybe not going so well and the ministry event you tried to do just like really did not go as you wanted to or you just had a really hard pastoral conversation with someone um, or your own personal time like with the ward has just felt more numb or not as vivid. Um, I just want to encourage you that this Tuesday morning will be an anchor here for you, no matter where you're coming from and out of and then where you're going in the next week. Um, and that the anchor is in the presence of our Lord, that we get to rejoice in the presence of our Lord and learn about the presence of our Lord in theology and learn how to minister that presence in leadership. So, um, I'm just thrilled to do this Gregory House year with you, and I'm really thankful for each of you here.